chapter twelve of the quaker colonies by sydney fisher this librivox recording is in the public domain little delaware delaware was the first colony to be established on the river that bears this name it went through half a century of experiences under the dutch and swedes from sixteen hundred and nine to sixteen sixty four and then eighteen years under the english rule of the duke of york from whom it passed into the hands of william penn the quaker the dutch got into it by an accident and were regarded by the english as interlopers and the swedes who followed had no better title the whole north atlantic seaboard was claimed by england by virtue of the discoveries of the cabots father and son but nearly a hundred years elapsed before england took advantage of this claim by starting the virginia colony near the mouth of the chesapeake bay in sixteen hundred and seven and nearly a quarter of a century more elapsed before englishmen settled on the shores of massachusetts bay those were the two points most accessible to ships and most favorable for settlement the middle ground of the delaware and hudson regions was not so easily entered and remained unoccupied the mouth of the delaware was full of shoals and was always difficult to navigate the natural harbor at the mouth of the hudson was excellent but the entrance to it was not at first apparent into these two regions however the dutch chanced just after the english had effected the settlement of jamestown in virginia the dutch had employed an englishman named henry hudson and sent him in sixteen hundred and nine in a small ship called the half moon to find a passage to china and india by way of the arctic ocean turned back by the ice in the arctic he sailed down the coast of north america and began exploring the middle ground from the virginia settlement which he seems to have known about and working cautiously northward along the coast and feeling his way with the lead line he soon entered delaware bay but finding it very difficult of navigation he departed and proceeding in the same careful way up along the coast of new jersey he finally entered the harbor of new york and sailed up the hudson far enough to satisfy himself that it was not the desired course to china this exploration gave the dutch their claim to the delaware and hudson regions but though it was worthless as against the english right by discovery of the cabots the dutch went ahead with their settlement established their headquarters and seat of government on manhattan island where new york stands to-day and exercised as much jurisdiction and control as they could on the delaware their explorations of the delaware feeling their way up it with small light draught vessels among its shoals and swift tides their travels on land shooting wild turkeys on the site of the present busy town of chester and their adventures with the indians are full of interest the immense quantities of wild fowl and animal and bird life along the shores astonished them but what most aroused their cupidity was the enormous supply of furs especially beaver and otter that could be obtained from the indians furs became their great in fact their only interest in the delaware they established forts one near cape henlopen at the mouth of the river calling it fort oplant and another far up the river on the jersey side at the mouth of timber creek nearly opposite the present site of philadelphia 
and this they called fort nassau fort opland was destroyed by the indians and its people were massacred fort nassau was probably occupied only at intervals these two posts were built mainly to assist the fur trade and any attempts at real settlement were slight and unsuccessful meantime about the year sixteen twenty four the swedes heard of the wonderful opportunities on the delaware the swedish monarch gustavus adolphus a man of broad ambitions and energetic mind heard about the delaware from willem uselinx a merchant of antwerp who had been actively interested in the formation of the dutch west india company to trade in the dutch possessions in america having quarrelled with the directors uselinx had withdrawn from the netherlands and now offered his services to sweden the swedish court nobles and people all became enthusiastic about the project which he elaborated for a great commercial company to trade and colonize in asia africa and america but the plan was dropped because soon after sixteen thirty gustavus adolphus led his country to intervene on the side of the protestants in the thirty years war in germany where he was killed three years later at the battle of lutzen but the desire aroused by uselinks for a swedish colonial empire was revived in the reign of his infant daughter christina by the celebrated swedish chancellor oxenstierna an expedition which actually reached the delaware in sixteen thirty eight was sent out under another dutch renegade peter minuit who had been governor of new netherland and after being dismissed from office was now leading the swedish enterprise to occupy part of the territory he had formerly governed for the dutch his two ships sailed up the delaware and with good judgment landed at the present site of wilmington at that point a creek carrying a depth of over fourteen feet for ten miles from its mouth flowed into the delaware the dutch had called this creek minquis after the tribe of indians the swedes named it the christina after their infant queen and in modern times it has been corrupted into christiana they sailed about two and a half miles through its delta marshes to some rocks which formed a natural wharf and which still stand to-day at the foot of sixth street in wilmington this was the plymouth rock of delaware level land marshes and meadows lay along the christina the remains of the delta which the stream had formed in the past on the edge of the delta or moorland rocky hills rose forming the edge of the piedmont and out of them from the north flowed a fine large stream the brandywine which fell into the christina just before it entered the delaware here in the delta their engineer laid out a town called christina ham and a fort behind the rocks on which they had landed a cove in the christina made a snug anchorage for their ships out of the way of the tide they then bought from the indians all the land from cape henlopen to the falls of the delaware at trenton calling it new sweden and the delaware new swedenland stream the people of delaware have always regarded new sweden as the beginning of their state and peter minuit the leader of this swedish expedition always stands first on the published lists of their governors on their arrival in the river in the spring of sixteen thirty eight the swedes found no evidences of permanent dutch colonization 
neither fort opland nor fort nassau was then occupied they always maintained that the dutch had abandoned the river and that it was therefore open to the swedes for occupation especially after they had purchased the indian title it was certainly true that the dutch efforts to plant colonies in that region had failed and since the last attempt by de vries six years had elapsed on the other hand the dutch contended that they had in that time put fort nassau in repair although they had not occupied it and that they kept a few persons living along the jersey shore of the river possibly the remains of the nassau colony to watch all who visited it these people had immediately notified the dutch governor kieft at new amsterdam of the arrival of the swedes and he promptly issued a protest against the intrusion but his protest was neither very strenuous nor was it followed up by hostile action for sweden and holland were on friendly terms sweden the great champion of protestant europe had intervened in the thirty years war to save the protestants of germany the dutch had just finished a similar desperate war of eighty years for freedom from the papal despotism of spain dutch and swedes had therefore every reason to be in sympathy with each other the swedes a plain strong industrious people as william penn aptly called them were soon however seriously interfering with the dutch fur trade and in the first year it is said collected thirty thousand skins if this is true it is an indication of the immense supply of fur-bearing animals especially beaver available at that time for the next twenty-five years dutch and swedes quarrelled and sometimes fought over their respective claims but it is significant of the difficulty of retaining a hold on the delaware region that the swedish colonists on the christina after a year or two regarded themselves as a failure and were on the point of abandoning their enterprise when a vessel fortunately for them arrived with cattle agricultural tools and immigrants it is significant also that the immigrants though in a swedish vessel and under the swedish government were dutchmen they formed a sort of separate dutch colony under swedish rule and settled near st george's and apoquinemink immigrants apparently were difficult to obtain among the swedes who were not colonizers like the english at this very time in fact englishmen puritans from connecticut were slipping into the delaware region under the leadership of nathaniel turner and george lamberton and were buying the land from the indians about sixty settled near salem new jersey and some on the schuylkill in pennsylvania close to fort nassau an outrageous piece of audacity said the dutch and an insult to their high mightinesses and the noble directors of the west india company so the schuylkill english were accordingly driven out and their houses were burned the swedes afterwards expelled the english from salem and from the kohansi lower down the bay later the english were allowed to return but they seem to have done little except trade for furs and beat off hostile indians the seat of the swedish government was moved in sixteen forty three from the christina to tinicum one of the islands of the schuylkill delta with an excellent harbor in front of it which is now the home of the yacht clubs of philadelphia here they built a fort of logs called fort gothenburg a chapel with a graveyard and a mansion-house for the governor and this remained the seat of swedish authority as long as they had any on the river 
from here governor prince a portly irascible old soldier said to have weighed upwards of four hundred pounds and taken three drinks at every meal ruled the river he built forts on the schuylkill and worried the dutch out of the fur trade he also built a fort called naya elfsborg afterward elsinboro on the jersey side below salem by means of this fort he was able to command the entrance to the river and compelled every dutch ship to strike her colors and acknowledge the sovereignty of sweden some he prevented from going up the river at all others he allowed to pass on payment of toll or tribute he gave orders to destroy every trading-house or fort which the dutch had built on the schuylkill and to tear down the coat of arms and insignia which the dutch had placed on a post on the site of philadelphia the swedes now also bought from the indians and claimed the land on the jersey side from cape may up to raccoon creek opposite the modern chester the best place to trade with the indians for furs was the schuylkill river which flowed into the delaware at a point where philadelphia was afterwards built there were at that time indian villages where west philadelphia now stands the headwaters of streams flowing into the schuylkill were only a short distance from the headwaters of streams flowing into the susquehanna so that the valley of the schuylkill formed a natural highway into the interior of pennsylvania the route to the ohio river followed the schuylkill for some thirty or forty miles turned up one of its tributaries to its source then crossed the watershed to the head of a stream flowing into the susquehanna thence to the juniata at the head of which the trail led over a short divide to the head of the conemaug which flowed into the allegheny and the allegheny into the ohio some of the swedes and dutch appear to have followed this route with the indians as early as sixteen forty six the ohio and allegheny region was inhabited by the black minquas so called from their custom of wearing a black badge on their breast the ohio indeed was first called the black minquas river as the country nearer the delaware was gradually denuded of beaver these black minquas became the great source of supply and carried the furs over the route described to the schuylkill the white minquas lived further east round chesapeake and delaware bays and though spoken of as belonging by language to the great iroquois or six nation stock were themselves conquered and pretty much exterminated by the six nations the black minquas believed to be the same as the eries of the jesuit relations were also practically exterminated by the six nations the furs brought down the schuylkill were deposited at certain rocks two or three miles above its mouth at bartram's gardens now one of the city parks of philadelphia on these rocks then an island in the schuylkill the swedes built a fort which completely commanded the river and cut the dutch off from the fur trade they built another fort on the other side of bartram's gardens along the meadow near what is now gibson's point and governor prince had a great mill a couple of miles away on cobb's creek where the old bluebell tavern has long stood these two forts protected the mill and the indian villages in west philadelphia one would like to revisit the delaware of those days and see all its wild life and game its islands and shoals its virgin forests as they had grown up since the glacial age untouched by the civilization of the white man there were then more islands in the river the water was clearer and there were pretty pebble and sandy beaches now overlaid by mud brought down from vast regions of the valley no longer protected by forests from the wash of the rains 
on a wooded island below salem long since cut away by the tides the pirate blackbeard and his crew are said to have passed a winter the waters of the river spread out wide at every high tide over marshes and meadows turning them twice a day for a few hours into lakes grown up in summer with red and yellow flowers and the graceful wild oats or reeds tasseled like indian corn at christina ham in the delta of the christina and the brandywine the tide flowed far inland to the rocks on which minuit's swedish expedition landed leaving one dry spot called cherry island a name still borne by a shoal in the river fort christina on the edge of the overflowed meadow with the rocky promontory of hills behind it its church and houses and a wide prospect across the delta and river was a fair spot in the old days the indians came down the christina in their canoes or overland bringing their packs of beaver otter and deer skins their tobacco corn and venison to exchange for the cloth blankets tools and gaudy trinkets that pleased them it must often have been a scene of strange life and colouring and it is difficult to-day to imagine it all occurring close to the spot where the pennsylvania railroad station now stands in wilmington when doughty peter stuyvesant became governor of new netherland he determined to assert dutch authority once more on the south river as the delaware was called in distinction from the hudson as the swedes now controlled it by their three forts not a dutch ship could reach fort nassau without being held up at fort ellsborg or at fort christina or at the fort at tinicum it was a humiliating situation for the haughty spirit of the dutch governor to open the river to dutch commerce again stuyvesant marched overland in sixteen fifty one through the wilderness with one hundred and twenty men and abandoning fort nassau built a new fort on a fine promontory which then extended far out into the river below christina to-day the place is known as newcastle the dutch commonly referred to it as sand hook or sand point the english called it grapevine point stuyvesant named it fort casimir the tables were now turned the dutch could retaliate upon swedish shipping but the swedes were not so easily to be dispossessed three years later a new swedish governor named rising arrived in the river with a number of immigrants and soldiers he sailed straight up to fort casimir took it by surprise and ejected the dutch garrison of about a dozen men as the successful coup occurred on trinity sunday the swedes renamed the place fort trinity the whole population dutch and swede but in sixteen fifty four mostly swede numbered only three hundred and sixty eight persons before the arrival of rising there had been only seventy it seems a very small number about which to be writing history but small as it was their high mightinesses as the government of the united netherlands was called were determined to avenge on even so small a number the insult of the capture of fort casimir drums it is said were beaten every day in holland to call for recruits to go to america gunners carpenters and powder were collected a ship of war was sent from holland accompanied by two other vessels whose names alone great christopher and king solomon should have been sufficient to scare all the swedes at new amsterdam stuyvesant labored night and day to fit out the expedition a french privateer which happened to be in the harbor was hired several other vessels in all seven ships and six or seven hundred men with a chaplain called megapolensis composed this mighty armament gathered together to drive out the handful of poor hard-working swedes 
a day of fasting and prayer was held and the almighty was implored to bless this mighty expedition which he was assured was undertaken for the glory of his name it was the absurdity of such contrasts as this running all through the annals of the dutch in america that inspired washington irving to write his infinitely humorous history of new york from the beginning of the world to the end of the dutch dynasty by diedrich knickerbocker it is difficult for an anglo-saxon to take the dutch in america seriously what can you do with a people whose imagination allowed them to give such names to their ships as weigh scales spotted cow and the pear tree so irving described the taking of fort casimir in mock heroic manner he describes the marshalling of the dutch hosts of new york by families the van groles of anthony's nose the brinkerhoffs the van cortlandts the van bunschotens of nyack and kakiat the fighting men of wallabout the van pelts the sedams the van dams and all the warriors of hellgate clad in their thunder and lightning gabardines and lastly the standard-bearers and bodyguards of peter stuyvesant bearing the great beaver of the manhattan and now commenced the horrid din the desperate struggle the maddening ferocity the frantic desperation the confusion and self-abandonment of war dutchmen and swede commingled tugged panted and blowed the heavens were darkened with a tempest of missives bang went the guns whack went the broadswords thump went the cudgels crash went the musket-stocks blows kicks cuffs scratches black eyes and bloody noses swelling the horrors of the scene thick thwack cut and hack helter-skelter higgledy-piggledy hurly-burly heads over heels rough and tumble dunder and blixem swore the dutchman splitter and sputter cried the swedes stormed the works shouted hard kapig peter fire the mine roared stout rising tanta ra 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 twanged the trumpet of antony van corlier until all voice and sound became unintelligible grunts of pain yells of fury and shouts of triumph mingling in one hideous clamour the earth shook as if struck with a paralytic stroke trees shrunk aghast and withered at the sight rocks buried in the ground like rabbits and even christina creek turned from its course and ran up a hill in breathless terror as a matter of fact the fort surrendered without a fight on september the first sixteen fifty five it was thereupon christened new amstel afterwards new castle and was for a long time the most important town on the delaware this achievement put the dutch in complete authority over the swedes on both sides of the river the swedes however were content abandoned politics secluded themselves on their farms and left politics to the dutch trade too they left to the dutch who in their effort to monopolize it almost killed it this conquest by their high mightinesses also ended the attempts of the new englanders particularly the people of new haven to get a foothold in the neighborhood of salem new jersey for which they had been struggling for years they had dreams of a great lake far to northward full of beaver to which the delaware would lead them their efforts to establish themselves survived in one or two names of places near salem as for example new england creek and new england channel which down almost into our own time was found on charts marking one of the minor channels of the bay along the jersey shore they continued coming to the river in ships to trade in spite of restrictions by the dutch and some of them in later years as has been pointed out secured a foothold on the cohansey and in the cape may region where their descendants are still to be found End of chapter twelve